When Cody and I decided to move to the country, we kind of thought our coaching career was behind us. But it turns out that anytime we get really excited about something, we can't help but share it. That's right. And not to brag, but we have a pretty awesome relationship. (laughs) (laughs) And what we found is that a lot of that's due to very intentional practices that we've come up with. And now we're offering custom fitness, nutrition, and intimacy coaching for couples seeking transformation to reignite their spark. Become a power couple by deepening your connection while elevating your fitness together. Go to howtofittogether.com to book a call. That's howtofittogether.com. Welcome to the Lyceum Podcast Network. What we're planning on doing here is a series of podcasts that will be published separately on separate channels, but the Lyceum Network will include all of them. So if you're really into all the things, you can listen here. But if you want to separate them out, we'll have separate feeds. I'm Cody Limbaugh. And I'm Tali Zabari. And we're married. (laughs) And yeah, we're doing a lot of collaborative things together. And the podcast is going to be pretty interesting because we're going to be writing a book together. Mm -hmm. First of all, do you want to tell them about the book a little? Yes. Well, apparently this is an idea that you had many years ago and then somehow it had resurfaced when you and I started dating, but I can remember very vividly where we were when we decided to write this book, but it is all about the philosophy of fitness and how the lessons that we've learned in the gym as athletes and as coaches have been able to transfer to life at large in a lot of ways that have been very meaningful. And definitely that was something that you and I resonated with each other right from the get-go when we met at my interview at your gym. And so I'm really excited that we're finally going to lay the groundwork. And I think it might have been my idea to use the podcast and the recordings as a means of writing that book because we wanted to write it together, but I didn't want it to be your chapter, my chapter, and I go, you go style. So I figured this was a way for us to really organic conceptualize and make those ideas really tangible. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea, actually, because we have great conversations. Mm -hmm. And writing the book together, we actually bought a book on how to co-author a book. And (laughs) I think we've made it through half of it, maybe. Probably not even. Generous, yeah. and all the ideas in there just sounded kind of dry and stifling compared to your idea of doing the podcast, because now we have recorded conversations on each topic in the book that we can draw from for material to then write the book. And I'm hoping as we build an audience here, we can actually get other inputs as well. Besides just you and I, we can get other people's ideas mm-hmm. on how principles apply and we can expand out from there, but we'll have a more cohesive work at the end of it all versus this whole I go, you go, like you mentioned, writing a book together sounds daunting, but having conversations is pretty easy. Easy. Yeah. We do it all the time. And yeah. often we're always saying, damn, I wish we clicked record. Yeah. <laughs> so. so to get into a little bit more about what that book is about, the philosophy of fitness, just to fine tune that definition is that, um, I'm always looking for foundational principles when I learn new information, like where does this come from? And the gym is kind of like a little Petri dish that you can use as an experiment for other areas of your life. And I was always a little baffled when I would see people come into the gym and they had a concept that they would apply in the gym, things like self-ownership and responsibility, because they realized that no one can do their reps for them. They have to do their reps themselves. 
but then they don't take that principle into other areas of their lives. And they kind of expect, you know, the government to help them out or their parents to help them out or their spouse or whatever in, and they kind of abstain from responsibility in other areas. And I always thought it was strange that people could be so dialed in in one area and then not see the carryover that that philosophy could have in other areas of their life. And that's just one example. We actually have 40, how many chapters? It was 47. 40 chap- 47 <laughs> chapters so far. And each of those is basically just a different idea of the philosophical principles that we can see acted out in the gym and then how they might apply to other areas of, li- of life, whether it's personal finances or your relationships or just your own happiness and well-being, your you know practices in other areas like learning an instrument or whatever. So a lot of things that we learn on the barbell can be applied to other areas of our life. And that's basically what the book's going to be about. Totally. And you had actually even just said one in your introduction. I don't know if you caught it, but you were talking about essentially just like how fragmented our lives can be and how it's easy for us to compartmentalize. Like this is who I am at the gym. And then this is who I am at work. This is who I am at home rather than having consistency within yourself from one to the next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that book is going to be about. And we will attack each one of those topics as at least one episode of the podcast, maybe more if it goes real deep mm-hmm. and, or maybe revisiting certain topics. And then we'll use that podcast then to write the book. So you'll basically be on a journey with us if you're listening on the writing process of the book, which is kind of cool. I don't, I, you know, usually you hear about books after they're released. And in this case, our audience can be sort of collaborators with us in the book. That's my hope anyway, is that we can get some feedback that actually helps make a better product at the end. And I figure worst case scenario, if we decide that we don't actually want to write a book, we'll have all these recordings. We'll have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, we, yeah, we'll have, we're, we're making something yeah. for sure. And that kind of reminds me too of where this podcast is going. When I say we're making something, when we were reading a book together I think in our first year of our relationship, we were reading a book together called Big Magic. By Elizabeth Gilbert. Thank you. I was just blanking on that. And in there, she describes the creative process in such a way that I'd never heard before, but I related to instantly as soon as she was describing it. And I'm going to butcher it if I try to like quote it word for word. So I'll just describe. But when you start drawing a picture, for instance, you have kind of an idea in your head of what you want to see on the paper whether it's a copy of a photograph or a, a real life model or just an abstract idea that you have in your head. But as soon as you start drawing, something else comes out of the end of the pencil. Like it's, it begins to look differently than what you had originally had. And I, that used to really frustrate me as a kid. And so I would stop drawing and I'd give up. And then I had a teacher that encouraged me. He's like, no matter what you do, Mr. Payne, shout out to Mr. Payne in the fourth grade. He and his name was Art, by the way, Art Payne. You're kidding. Yeah. Art Payne encouraged me to finish the drawing, no matter how bad I thought it was. And don't erase anything. Just keep drawing. Just keep drawing until it's over. And then I did that. And what I ended up with was at the time, what I thought was the best drawing I had ever done in my life. And I was just like really emotional about it. It was amazing because I was sitting there in frustration and wadding up the paper over and over again. And Elizabeth Gilbert just says, you know, that's actually a normal part of the creative process is that you have a a vision in mind, but then as soon as you start making that creative work, it takes on a life of its own Mm -hmm. and it's kind of its own 
thing, almost like a its own life form, if you will. And so it may look totally different down the road than what you had planned, but it's that doesn't mean it's not great. And I kind of see that happening with this podcast. Like we're going in with some intention, but it's obviously going to involve and we're just cool with that. Well, I also hope this isn't too much of a tangent already, but she also talks about the creator and the inspiration is almost two separate entities and that they're really playing off of each other. And I think that that really, that's what you just described really depicts that and how there's kind of like a push and pull and a little bit of letting go necessary in order for that inspiration to take shape. Besides writing the book in real time on the podcast, we have another book that's going to be on the podcast, but this one's already written. So I wrote a book a couple of years ago. It's got the worst title in the world. So I'm thinking of hosting a competition on the podcast for Ooh. retitling the book. So I'm going to read it out loud. And that way it'll be an audio book in podcast format. And so you'll get it for free, like a chapter or a section at a time on the podcast. But I hate the title. It sucks. And I want to retitle it. So I'm making a face at you kay. that you're ignoring right now. <laughs> I came up with so many good titles for your book. I know, but I just couldn't figure out one that just seemed to summarize what it was about. Okay. So uh, open it up. We can throw it out there, but <laughs> I'm going to put it in there. <laughs> the book is, yeah, you do. The book right now is called Stop Setting Goals as its main title. And I thought that would be sort of like counterculture or counter, you know, intuitive and get people's attention. But it's kind of also a negative spin on it. And it's not a negative book, actually. The idea behind the book is to be more process oriented and less future goal oriented, because we get a lot of praise for being goal oriented in our society and hustle culture and all this. But a lot of people are really miserable. And you kind of have to ask, you know, if we are taught all these success principles all the time, and we're inundated with it, then why are people so stressed out all the time? And then you look at Eastern philosophies, particularly like Buddhism, and it tells you to let go of the attachment to certain outcomes, and that your attachment is really what causes misery. And this book is an attempt to uh, find ways that I've been able to make progress on things in my life, but without being so stressed out about timelines and deadlines and very specific outcomes. And like Tali and I have found on our, you know, you and I have found on our vision board that we don't know a lot of times how those things are going to get accomplished. Mm -hmm. But then we've been able to accomplish them. And the timeline has been all over the map too, like getting out of debt. You know, we've had starts and stops. But if you look back over the last three years, we've paid off $20,000 worth of debt. Mm -hmm. So the book is really about finding different processes for making progress in your life while still remaining more present and grateful for the life that you have. And that's what the book's about. I'm going to be reading it for free as one of the podcast series. And then right now we have a third podcast idea. Do you want to talk about hardcore homesteading? Oh, yeah. Which is your name. Well, I guess the reason I blanked on it is that it feels like it's taken a little bit of a stall as of late. We are just coming out of winter, which, you know, we live in the mountains in eastern Oregon, and we get a lot of snow and long winters, which means a lot of our projects come to a screeching halt. So we are in a phase right now where everything is kind of reawakening and, you know, melting away. And so we are considering getting back on those projects now. And, you know, for me personally, a lot of these things are incredibly new. I grew up in the suburbs, living in the city, and, you know, chopping down my own firewood or learning to garden. These are all 
incredibly new for me. And I thought it was really important to document that somehow. Yeah. So we've tried to video in the past and videoing while you're doing that work is like having another job. You know, if we go out and get firewood and then we're trying to document it and film it, it it's almost like you're doing two jobs and it's, it's difficult. So the podcast might be a way for us to discuss some of the projects that we're doing, the things that we learn. And then I hope to bring other guests on to the show as well that, you know, we, for instance, buy heritage seeds from a gal on the East Coast and she's an, she's a writer and they in their retirement have decided to just sell heritage seeds these are non gmo seeds that can be not only grown but you can harvest the fruit from those seeds and grow seeds from those seeds so you- which you would think is <laughs> obvious yeah. as like a as a default but it's not yeah. So a lot of <laughs> a lot of store bought seeds are GMO seeds or they're sterile in the in the in a way that they they breed sterile plants. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's just one example of something that we might dig into a little bit deeper with some guests and also talk about the projects that we're doing, whether it's fence building or building a wallapini, which is an underground greenhouse. That seems like it's a far out project, but it kind of depends on some other things that we have going on. So with the Lyceum, the reason that the Lyceum is the Lyceum is that the Lyceum <laughs> was Aristotle's school. And Aristotle's school was very diverse. I mean, he had a botanical garden and was into zoology. He He's known as the father of logic, but he's also, if you read his writings, he's also like the father of modern biology. I mean, he talked about the evolution of species 1500 years before Darwin. <laughs> I was amazed when I started reading that. So the eclectic nature of the school of the Lyceum, I think, really fits well with our eclectic nature as well. We totally. use fitness as an analogy for principles, which he also did. If you read Aristotle, he talks about the athlete building his body for the Olympics back then and how his daily practices resulted in a physical change and how we have that power in our lives that our habits really determine where we go in our in our lives. And so anyway, we... I have a lot to relate to with Aristotle, and so I wanted to name our school, if you will, after his school, the Lyceum. And the central feature of the building of his school was a gymnasium. So we have a gym here on the property Yay! that we're building. So we will have clients here, and we coach clients online as well. And so the Lyceum is kind of the overarching big picture of everything we do. But then personal excellence training is just like our fitness department, if you will. It's the gym within the Lyceum. So this podcast will all be hosted under the Lyceum network with all the different topics. But if you're more interested in, say, the philosophy of fitness, but you don't really care so much about the homesteading stuff, we will have separate feeds for the philosophy of fitness and my book, which is currently called Stop Setting Goals and <laughs> <Not> for um, <laughs> um, and Hardcore Homesteading and any other super tangents that we go off of that are unrelated to those three things, we might just keep here on the Lyceum Network. So you can subscribe to one or all. Do you want to talk about anything else before we hop off this first one? No. Okay. <laughs> I would say that was all-encompassing. It looks like we're just about 20 minutes. I think that's an okay length for an introductory episode. Yeah, I'd say so. And just like that piece of artwork that we were talking about before, we don't really know exactly what this is going to look like in the future, but we're sure excited for anyone who wants to join us on the journey. And we're doing it. All right. When Cody and I decided to move to the country, we kind of thought our coaching career was behind us. 
But it turns out that anytime we get really excited about something, we can't help but share it. That's right. And not to brag, but we have a pretty awesome relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and what we found is that a lot of that's due to very intentional practices that we've come up with. And now we're offering custom fitness, nutrition, and intimacy coaching for couples seeking transformation to reignite their spark. Become a power couple by deepening your connection while elevating your fitness together. Go to howtofittogether.com to book a call. That's howtofittogether.com.